dim the lights because it's time for another episode of the box office preview podcast an onstage blog podcast network production i am your host greg Earhart, contributor to onstage blog and on screen joining me today my co-host his one-star reviews have only haunted one generation of movie makers so far it's on-screen chief critic ken jones ken welcome how are you I'm good. You should refer to me as your future uh, fall movie champion. <laughs> we'll see. Although, yes, uh, based <laughs> on, we had based on our fantasy fall uh, mm-hmm. movie draft last night, uh, the odds are certainly in your favor, and uh, we will get into that uh, next week's podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a full thrashing of uh, Tim and Paula's uh, draft strategy. Airing and, of uh, grievances. There would be a real Festivus episode. And if you missed it, uh, we we released part one and part two of our fall, winter, uh, holiday movie uh, fantasy box office preview podcast. If you're traveling to like, you know, three, four hours, it's a great it's a great podcast to put on because it's right. We got two and a half hours of previewing we did. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, so it's a yeah. great way to, uh, you know, if you don't want to listen to your boss at work, just put on the headphones and uh, and put us on. So, Or if you listen to podcasts at one and a half speed like I do, <laughs> you can get through it in uh, probably an hour 45. Well, there, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're excited to uh, be back. This is the first episode of the fall, winter, um, holiday season of the Box Office Preview Podcast. We ended... The summer season on Hobbs and Shaw, and I'll be honest, I do not have our predictions with us. I believe we were both way off. Uh, we were both oh, over. <laughs> I, I think we were both that in the eighty to ninety right. million, <laughs> fitting with the theme. Yes, and uh, we were both in the eighty to ninety million dollar range. It opened around sixty million, so we were we were way off. And and Hobbs and Shaw just, I, I thought there might be a decent multiplier because it's really the only. No, it wasn't the only movie like it because, you know, August wasn't a particularly busy month. So I thought it might own August and have a decent multiplier, but it never really got there. It's it's projecting really? to about one fifty, you know, one seventy, and it's yeah, a little surprising. It's, it's one fifty seven right now. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, we were expecting something probably closer to the one eighty, one ninety, maybe topping out at two hundred. I did raise the con- right, so I did raise the concern that the Fast and Furious franchise may have peaked with Fast Seven in terms of box office, and it looks like that's, you know, Hobbs and Shaw is technically not a Fast and Furious movie; it's a spinoff. But you know, it's certainly it's just presented, <laughs> right? It's <was laughs> presented, right? But like here, try this. Exactly. So interesting ramifications potential as we get to Fast and Furious Nine next year, and Fast and Furious Ten the year after that. Although maybe people are just waiting for the full crew to get back, so you know we'll see as we get as we get there. But uh, before we get to it, chapter two, I did want to mention uh, just a little bit of shout out to uh, Good Boys, uh, yeah. which which has which had a pleasantly surprising opening. Yes, <clears throat> uh, besting its forecast is a twenty million dollar uh, opening. It's already at a three times multiplier, is at fifty seven million as we write this. Um, so it should get to you know sixty-five, seven million dollar range, um, which is a very good multiplier uh, for a comedy. So shouts out to that. I do. I, d- I did write this on Twitter. I really wish we did a box office preview podcast for um, Dora and the uh, and <laughs> and the Lost City in the City of Gold. I, we would have had a lot of fun with it. It would have been a heck of a see don't see, especially with Michael Bay as a producer and. Mm. Uh, all the different sorts of things. Uh, had a decent. It opened at seventeen million. I think it's uh, getting close. To, yeah, it's almost at fifty. Again, uh, pretty decent multiplier. Um, some people were surprised it was that low. I think again, if they, I think aging up Dora was a risk and a reward at the same time. I think it had some appeal to more adult audiences, um, but certainly not as much appeal to kids and. Uh, so I think that that number was about right. It's cer- again, it, it is is certainly had a more traditional feel um, to movies from the '90s, um, the non-animated family fair type thing. So um, you had it on your fancy box office roster. I did. So I know, yes. So <clears throat> even though it did have an eighty percent Rotten Tomato, it really didn't uh, come through on the box office. Yeah, I mean, that's 
It made it made about what I was expecting it to make. Maybe slightly under, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can't complain. Any other stories from August? Um, maybe, uh, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark is closing in on sixty million as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a pleasant surprise, I, I guess. I'll tell you, I think the over under I would have set for that Rotten Tomato was right, like thirty yeah. <laughs> percent, probably based on the trailer. Same so. here. Yeah, and it looks halfway decent, and, and I, it uh, actually got good reviews. So, a movie we're really hoping. Uh, well, we we're seeing it's getting good reviews so far. Is it Chapter Two? Um, although, as we'll get to when we do Rotten Tomato review, looks to be fairly polarizing uh, movie for a movie of this pedigree. So, before we dive into what we're looking forward to in it Chapter Two and some box office predictions, let's first refresh ourselves in it chapter one and this was definitely a surprise at the box office it it had a monster opening at 132 million and this was i mean the tracking was if i remember correctly somewhere in the 70 to 80 million dollar range and it just once good reviews came in and the trailers were uh, horrific in a good way, <laughs> um, in a really scary way. Um, that number climbed to 130, and then mm-hmm. it finished at around you know, 300 plus, three, I think 320 million or so. Ken, as a professional chief critic, uh, what was your thoughts on it? Chapter one. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it uh, when it came out a couple years ago. Um, I really liked the way that they crafted the horror to kind of be. Um, Sort of, they had a little bit of everything in it, so and it was it was all geared toward like each individual uh, kid, yeah. And, and so I, I really like that uh, that element of the story, and I, I I gotta go back and see it. I haven't seen it since it. I saw it in the theater. Um, I'm planning to watch it again, hopefully before I see uh, chapter two uh, this week. Yeah. So my initial review of it was the same as my review upon watching a second time, which was, I thought it was a slightly above average horror movie, but what made it special was the losers club and sort of the movie as like a coming of age, um, story and how it really doubled down on the theme that, which I think is sort of a Stephen King favorite that the real horrors are not the monsters it's you know what you deal with at home right (laughs) and um and the kids didn't just have to overcome pennywise but they had to overcome you know whether it's bullies or whether it was an abusive uh stepdad or anything else that came from their home you know and and stuff and it was really kind of special in that regard and dealing with it in a really raw uh form um i i remember i i turned it on for a third time to rewatch it and the scene you know just of I, I'm not gonna get these characters' names right, but the one where he had to, his dad was kind of trying to teach him a lesson, his lesson about killing the sheep. You know, or be, you can either uh-huh. be the one, you know, slaughtering the sheep, or you can be the sheep, pick one. And you know, he's like, why? <laughs> you know, a false choice, as uh, President Obama would 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 say. Um, but he really presented those um, the situations really well, and and, and again, like those. Um, those home situations were scarier than Pennywise. <laughs> I thought in many situations, I thought it was really, yeah. the movie was really effective. In that. Yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm glancing over my review for it, uh, which can be found on the onstage blog uh, on screen section. Excellent. Okay. And uh, I, I guess one thing that really stood out to me as I'm reading through it is the um, kind of like isolation that the character, that the kids go through when they're facing their fears uh, and, and, there's kind of like the group element where they're yeah. stronger together. Yep. Um, yep. And, and so, and, and so there's a real, uh, use of fear as an isolating, um, uh, you know, catalyst or, yep. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Cause uh, Pennywise feeds on fear. Yeah. And again, Pennywise is a stand in for, um, real fear and even depression and loneliness and anxiety and, and all that sort of thing. And exactly what you said, you know, the way you defeat it is together, you know, with friends and, and uh, that, that sort of thing. So this was a box office sensation. Um, What are you anticipating with the sequel? 
that was should should end the franchise at two movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I mean, hopefully we're not getting the trend of sequels that we've gotten with some sequels this year <laughs> where they they vastly underperform uh compared to the to the to the first entry. Uh I, I expect this one will under will not match the first one uh in terms of box office, but I mean I could see it making, you know, seventy five percent of it, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the high end i mean it's the you know sequels tend to you know uh bring in <laughs> slightly uh you know uh diminishing returns every time yeah so they do what makes this different possibly different is two things one is it's the end of the story which True. again they're, they're very as we'll get into in see don't see and bonus questions they're I, i'm not i'm not sure i can even think of a franchise that ended with two movies. Um, the so the fact that this presents like a finality to it, I think will will could draw as many people, you know, or go as close to as many yeah, as, for, as the first chapter did. It's nice that it's not open ended and that it's it's we know that it's contained for now. These two chapters. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna. Uh, it's it's not like we're gonna be getting you know. Children of the Corn Four. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't we know. Do some can some things, you if know. This if this sequel does the same or better uh, in revenue as the first one, the, uh, I mean, they'll they find can't. a way. <laughs> Steve, they they'll, can't. They'll, they'll give Stephen King a, go- a pot of gold. To... I know we joked. I don't, you know what? Stephen King's a manor like myself, and and that means he's a man of principle. And so <laughs> oh, they could really? back up the Brinks truck, and he will he yeah. will stand firm. Uh-huh. And Is that say, why he took all that money to make The Shining? You know, he hated The Shining? Okay, all right. Yes, please, tell me more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but it, all that aside, they are definitely portraying Chapter 2 as the end. You know, as I mean, it, saying, it ends the movie poster. Yeah, so we should expect that and what's right. Because the story, you know, uh, this, I mean, this is the story of Stephen King written it, and it's nice to just have a movie that doesn't go on too long. You know, it doesn't get sequelitis or whatever. Uh, but do you see a world where there could be any spinoffs from this? So maybe there's not a direct sequel, but could there be... I guess spinoff would make too much I, sense. I, I You'd have to bring Pennywise somehow into it, you know. Would uh, you? Like, I, 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 just... I, w- like, I wouldn't, but you know, like, we're in a world... Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't. Fast and Furious just... presents Hobbs and Shaw. Happen. <laughs> yeah, <so>. It presents. <laughs> right. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. An imposter creature. Imposter. Maybe like a human clown. Like tries you to get like a, a killer clowns from outer space crossover <laughs> or something like that. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Right. 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 Man. God, I hope not. <laughs> I don't like speculating. Even jokingly about this stuff, I, I know because the the you know just the remote possibility that it comes true is just yeah. Awesome. No, you're right. You're right. We you we know, should stop so. being cynical. Um, yeah. So let's move on to storylines. So a couple storylines that I see uh, with this movie, other than yeah, will it be good? Will it not be good? So one is is the we talked about this a little bit in in uh, in our fantasy box office preview is the first week in September going to be the new horror week? Like, is this going to be the new opening to the mini, even though there really isn't a horror season because they'll have horror movies all year round, considering how profitable they are. But are we going to have like the marquee horror movie of the year open first week of September as a result of its success? Are you asking me? I, I am asking you. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure if you were just recapping what we had talked about. Nope. Now. Nope. I would honestly like. I need to see more of a trend uh, from this weekend if that's going to be the case. Um, well, there's a trend that makes it easy to answer. Well, yeah, know? I, I okay. <laughs> I need to see beyond just two, uh, one movie, its sequel, and then so a, your answer is no. So, no, so my answer is no. That's fair. I think, although I will say. The con the next Conjuring movie is opening on this week next year, at least according okay. to Box Mojo. So, if that's the case, then that would 
Right, which you know. is which is a huge story in terms of when you get into the weeds of movie releases because, again, this used to be, a, I mean, early September was like a graveyard, basically, period. I mean, they mm-hmm. never put movies out, you know, in this section until really first week of October um, and maybe late September. Late but, September, yeah. Yeah, but now, I mean, it, it, I mean, I think it proved once and for all, and even Avengers did too, it doesn't matter. It, these big movies, it doesn't matter when you put them out. They're going to, you know, you have right. a good trailer and you have a good hook. I mean, it, Black it Panther comes, came out in uh, February. Right. Exactly, exactly. Right. Right. So I think some of that's good in that it just kind of blows that open. I think the blows that old school logic open. I think there's going to be certain, like, I think Labor Day weekend will never be, you know, because people are just busy labor day weekend you know travel and back to school travel right exactly so i think there's a couple weeks like that that are just not never going to make sense for a movie but um i mean look if you put avengers endgame labor day weekend it's still going to do right it's not going to do 350 but it's going to do 275 you know which i'd say that's a ton of movie but movies look at 75 million say that's just lost pure profit so i so i'm going to say I'm going to say basically yes. I, that's that's going to be my answer to my own question. Hmm. Um, do Shall we? See. <laughs> that's right. Is it? Is this it franchise the pinnacle of Stephen King's not his writing career, but like the movie career, basically, Ooh. or adaptations? Hmm. I mean, the only I would say it's close, but for me, it's still The Shining. Yeah, I was going to. I think it's this or The Shining. Yeah. Um, That's, those are really it for me. I, I, I mean, you could argue Shawshank Redemption, I guess. But yeah, I, I mean, we're talking. Yeah, I mean, he's got like Shawshank, Green Mile, and right, and right. some other, uh, you know, Stand by Me. But I mean, for the most part, you think Stephen King, you think horror, right? And, and you know, that's that's kind of what we're that's the realm that we're. Although dealing. again, I like I think, and again, I I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be a total student because I haven't read any of his books. And, I haven't either. And, um, but just based on what I know, again, like it's, it's canon and it's now thanks to Ready Player One, he hated the movie adaptation of The Shining. So how much credit does he get for that? Because I mean, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> that that movie is just. Uh... Yeah, you know what? I have no problem saying that Stephen King's wrong on that one. Well, yeah, I mean it's <laughs> you know Stanley Kubrick. You are the because master. I saw the the made for TV uh, miniseries oh, that oh, he yeah, Stephen Weber, yes, that he was Wait, heavily involved in. Yeah, right. Of Wings, that's right. <laughs> that's right. With Rebecca De Mornay coming soon to a uh, onstage blog podcast near you. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, no, I think based on what I know about his books, I mean, it is, again, it really kind of captures, I think, the essence of his of his books, which is, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the monsters are scary, but it's also about, you know, the monsters within or the monsters, you know. And, yeah, and that's true but, for The Shining. Yes, correct. Absolutely yeah. true for The Shining, uh, which Kubrick captured uh, brilliantly. Oh. Uh, okay, so... You want to talk quickly about the trailer and what you're going to glimpse from the trailer for it chapter two, as far as do we think it's going to be scarier than the first one? Do we think it's going to be as profound, less profound, more profound? What are your just your general predictions for the movie based off the trailer? Uh, hmm. I don't really have any expectations. I I know that's not a great answer. That's not helpful. um, Yes. That's not helpful at all. I know. Um, it does some type I, of reaction from seeing the trailer, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the trailer I've seen the most is the one where uh, Jessica Chastain, uh, she goes to visit like her old, uh, where she grew up, uh, the apartment she grew up in, and it's by the, the way, old lady. By the way, guys, yes. I, <laughs> you didn't come to this audience, you didn't come to this podcast for extensive research on all the movies <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> Ah, uh, that character. I don't know what their names are. Yeah, Beverly uh, Marsh. Okay, there, me, there we go. Ask Let's me see. again. <laughs> we'll cut this out. <laughs> oh no, I'm as guilty as ever. Uh, you know? Not yeah, but anyway, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um. The, so the trailer I've seen the most is the one where Beverly Marsh, played by Jessica Chastain, 
goes to uh, her old apartment where she grew up, and it's got the crazy old lady, and everything's just a little unnerving and off about it. Um, There's been other trailers. I've tried to um, not avoid, but I I, I, want to, when I go to the movies, I want to be, I don't want to know everything. Yeah, you know? and I kind of get worried with with some trailers that they they give too much of the game away, so to speak. Right, right. So my only concern about this movie is it's never quite as fun seeing adults scared by monsters as it is seeing kids scared yeah. or teenagers scared. It's going to be different for this movie because they're going to be dealing with childhood trauma, you know, yeah. and learning how to deal with that. And, it, and Pennywise will surely capitalize on that, right? Right. But, and there's also some jumping back and forth, I guess. Yeah. Between their adult and and child selves and yeah. Um, and I've also heard, not uh, aside from the trailers, I've heard that there's some really crazy stuff in the book uh, from friends I, of mine that have read it, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and from what they've seen, it looks like a lot of that stuff is in the movie. Okay. Wow. So that's interesting. All right. I think it's going to be interesting. We haven't talked about the act besides Jessica Chastain. We haven't talked about the actors yet. We're going to get to them in specifically with See, Don't See. But it's always, again, most horror movies don't have big stars, uh, particularly playing stars that gets or that get chased or get scared by the monster or the ghost or whatever. So it'll be interesting seeing yeah, James yeah. McAvoy and Bill Hader and Jessica Chastain, you know, superheroes, and uh, so in, in one way or another in different yeah. uh, properties. Um, yeah, be terrorized by uh, by Pennywise and see yes. uh, how how that how believable it is. That's actually a, that's actually a really good point. Usually, horror uh, you got you got the up and coming actors and actresses mm-hmm. uh, where where they kind of get those they get those roles and then they go on to um, you know maybe they make two yeah. or three of them and then go it's on a to launching bigger. pad. Usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty rare to see established uh, stars, you know, be the victims, you know, here are at least potential victims. So that'll be so it should be interesting. I don't know. Again, we'll see if that makes it scary or not, or just you're you're just too you just seen James McAvoy out there, and can he persuade you that he's truly being frightened of this Pennywise? We'll see. We'll see. I think that's the last storyline I had uh, before we get to see. Don't see any other thoughts? No, I would say with the McAvoy one, uh, what I've seen from the trailers, it looks like. He has a, a child uh, of his own as a, as a grown up, and okay. it looks yep. like it looks like his son is the one in peril. Okay, yeah, right. Oh, because so, Penny. Oh, because Penny. Maybe does Pennywise not go after adults? Maybe, but I don't. I don't know how it works. Okay. Oh, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Again, lots of research we did. Uh, yes. <laughs> Copious amounts of research. Same amount of research that uh, our editor in chief, Chris Peterson, put into his uh, fantasy movie league. Oh, option. my God. I, it, next week's podcast is. I, I, I'm not, I may not even let you speak. I don't, I, I don't know. It'd just be a monologue, a very hateful monologue. Um, okay. Let's get to see, don't see. Let's get to see, don't see. For those of us that the hey, hey 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 hey, don't, don't <laughs> jump in here. For those of us joining us for the first time, see don't see is a way for us to quantify our interest uh, in seeing the movies that we are about to discuss. Instead of us just saying, eh, "I'm sort of interested in seeing this," or "I'm not sort of interested," we're going to assign a number to it so that you know exactly where we stand on it. We're going to assign number scores for se- for several categories as it relates to the actors involved, plot elements involved, the director, uh, or anything else uh, that relates to the movie. We will assign a score from a range of negative three to positive three, and we will tally up the scores and see where our interest is. Ken, are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay. Uh, all you know about the movie is it is part of the It franchise. All you know is part of the It franchise. Based off that and that alone, see or don't see. Well, I mean, given how much I like the first one, mm-hmm. uh, and that they're bringing back all the uh, people involved, uh, I'm going to go with a two on that one. Two, okay. Yes. I am. A, I am a two as well. Again, I. I really like the first one again, not quite for the horror elements, but for just being like an overall, you know, really uh, special movie, special coming of age movie. Um, so yes, I'm in too. Second, uh, we talked about this earlier. 
all you know about the movie is it's the second part of a franchise that only has two parts. It has a finality uh, to mm. this. So see or don't see. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a one, Ooh, okay. just because you know it 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 may be a franchise that I'm not interested in, whether it's you know a two parter or not. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. fact that it is um, saying that it's only going to be these two movies, mm-hmm. and, and it's not going to spawn like this, you know, big cinematic universe or <laughs> right. Right. you know shared like spinoffs and right. you know presenting things like I. I I like that. <laughs> so it begs to be mentioned that the Hobbit was supposed to be a two part <laughs> mini franchise. Yeah. And the Hobbit would have made sense as a two part uh, franchise. So it's going to be. Would have. Yeah. The last part two is supposed to be called There and Back Again, with uh, part one being, um, uh, come on, The Journey. Oh, shoot. An unexpected, an unexpected journey. journey. Yeah. And uh, that would have really worked. The story I had, unfortunately, again, they got greedy and they yeah. made it three points, and it ru- and effectively ruined, uh, you know, that the Hobbit franchise. Yeah, I don't. We, we should move on because I, I will go down a <laughs> very deep, dark rabbit hole. So if we get talking about the the three part, right? Uh, so that's Hobbit. my way of saying I'm a th- I'm I'm a three on this category because <laughs> I think it's great. No one does it, and I'm excited yes, for how it's, it's in the can. They can't yes. they can't break it apart already. <laughs> that's right. Okay, uh, let's get to Jessica Chastain. See mm. or don't. Uh, I'm a three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's she's arguably the best actress, um, consistently like movie to movie, that's working right now for me. So yeah, mm. she's she's right up there. It really you, has been this all this whole would decade. You, would you take her or Emily Blunt in a movie? So if you could handpick, depends on the movie. But Emily Blunt's in the conversation too. Would you rather Emily Blunt in this movie or Jessica Chastain in Chapter Two? In this movie, Jessica yes. Chastain. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'd rather want. I think I'd rather have Blunt. Hmm. I'd want Chastain in certain other types of movies, but I think I. What would be really good in this? But anyway, I'm a, I'm with you. I'm not quite a three, but I'm a two. I think she's really strong. Um, she's, yeah. I really wish she was an opener. I mean, it's pretty clear she isn't, but because right. uh, I just want to see her in more stuff and really you know expand her range. Um, let's do James McAvoy. Uh, I've I've cooled on him a little bit. Uh, I'm still a big fan of his in general. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, probably down to like a one, whereas like three or four years ago, it probably would have been a two. Yeah, he was, (laughs) it was, it was funny seeing him in split. Um, It was, was, um, I'm not, he definitely would have been my, wouldn't have been my first pick to do split, but he, you know, turned out pretty well. Again, I, I, I pulled on him as well. Um, We'll see what he does in this. I really liked him as professor uh, Charles Xavier and the X-Men franchise. Again, I, I I don't think his range is totally there anymore. Like I, I think there's only a couple types of movies he could do. I think yeah, I'm mildly intrigued if he's involved. So I'm the one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, next, Bill Hader. Bill Seems. Hader, one of my favorite SNL cast members. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched the HBO show. That's, that's something I got to get to. But um, he, I find him funny in just about everything he does. So. Uh, three is probably too strong, so I'll I'll say two. Okay, yeah, I'm a two or a three. I I would like to put three, but I've got to be honest. Again, I haven't seen his Barry show. It's on my DVR. It's sitting on mm. my DVR, and I just haven't uh, gotten to it. So I, I truthfully can't answer three. But yes, I'm with you. Uh, two. We are all positive so far. We are. This is we got some strong scores here. Uh, okay, all you need to know is the movie's about killer creepy clowns. Um, see or don't see. So some people. It, I know it's technically not a clown, but just you know, that's. I mean, come on. I guess we, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna split hairs on that one. Right. right. Um, oh, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm not like the kind of person that's, in, like, finds clowns inherently scary in and of themselves. Right. Like right. some people have that like phobia. Right. Uh, which I've never really 
understood. I mean, you know, obviously, I it's you know, spiders and 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 like heights and stuff like that are, are my my big fears. Um, right. But yeah, I, you know, I, I saw, I did see. I mentioned earlier, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. I saw that when I was a little kid. Yep. And, and you know, that was. I mean, looking back on it, it's it's awfully cheesy, but right. some of that was was legitimately creepy. And uh, you know, so I. This is a really long winded. It. It is. Say. I'm gonna. I'm One. gonna say two. About two. Okay. I'm gonna say two. two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a three. Um, I so I do a couple haunted mazes every year around Halloween uh. time, and I don't care what the scene is. If it has a killer clown in it, I'm freaked out. I want to run. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm a three. The one thing I would say, people walking around. Or, or just appearing in places dressed <laughs> as a clown, right? And and just like normal settings is creepy. Yes, and people should not do that. That's messed <laughs> up. Two more. Uh, this is right up your alley. Movies that take place in Maine. That's all you know about yeah. the movie is it takes place in Maine. See or don't um, see. <laughs> <laughs> reflexively, I want to say three, <laughs> but there's also Lake Placid. Mm, so mm. I'm gonna drop that down to a two. Two, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, come on, it's the way life should be. So don't take this the wrong way, but don't say uh, negative three, man. No, 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 no. I can't. Don't I can't. say negative three. No zero. No, no, no. Okay. I just let's see that. Doesn't move the needle for you. No, because it's probably like a camping movie or like a, you know, yeah. like a, a what a river rafting movie, and yeah. you know. <laughs> Or a Stephen King movie, but or you know, it's a but... like lobster fishing movie, <laughs> right? Right. Um, last one. Um, all you know about the movie is it's a movie where it stars adults, but they flash back a lot to when they're kids. So it's like a, some flash forwards, flashbacks, and it's you know just lets some kind of dual stories storylines going on. That's I like all those. I, I generally like those. I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say probably like a one. A one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm a one as well because right there's there's lots of good storytelling techniques with yeah. that and, uh, juxtaposition you know, and growth, you know, coming of age. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I like that. I'm a one. Okay, we got this. Is, this is probably one of our biggest scores here. Uh, you are a 14 out of seven okay. categories, and that's an average of two. That's very good. That's one of our high. I'm also a 14. Wow. We're we are both we are wow. both very interested in seeing this. Look at you. Okay. Uh, bonus questions. All right. I have bonus. Three. I have three. Uh, if they announced, uh, we actually. Uh, so, I'm cheating on this a little bit because we did talk about this in the fantasy box office preview. If they announced there was a third entry, but it would be as old <laughs> people, so it'd be like, you know, starring. Uh, well, they wouldn't announce who starred yet, but it's going to be like. Morgan Freeman, senior citizens, right? Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood, you know, and uh, but you knew that ahead of time, ahead of this movie. So this wasn't uh, the end. This was like you know the middle of a trilogy. Would you be more or less excited to see this, or neutral, no change? Uh, probably neutral, just because they did so well with the first one. Yeah, yeah. and you know if they're if they're going, knowing that the that. The, having seen the miniseries, even though I never read the books, and knowing that they, they there's the young version and the grown up version, yes, are, are, are parts of the story. Yeah. Um, you could always, you know, just pretend like it chapter three never existed <laughs> if they were to do that. That's because true. Yeah. You would know that they were adding on something that wasn't there originally. Ooh. Right, right. So the, yeah. the the one and two would be self contained either way. Okay. All right, I would be less excited because again, I think for a horror, it's it would just I would just kind of know it's it's not going to be the end. Pennywise is still going to be around, and yeah. it could be scary, but I'm a little less interested. You know, I think the finality of this is really important uh, for my interest anyway. Uh, next bonus question: If now, right now, we'll get to Rotten Tomato. This is seventy nine percent Rotten Tomato. If it was twenty percent Rotten Tomato score right now, would you be as interested, more interested, or less interested? Oh, I'd definitely be less interested. Yeah, yeah, that would. Yeah, me too. No doubt. Would that? Would would you? You would still see this in the theater? Uh, probably, but I would not be in any way enthused about it 
That would okay. be like I'm doing my duty as a person that reviews movies. Right, right. I would, you know? yeah. I would not. Yes, I would definitely. I would feel more of an obligation to see it right. than a desire to go out and see it. Exactly. Right, right. So I'm excited for this, but not excited enough to see it 20%. Like it would have right. to. So I think it would have to be. Hmm. Had to be above 60, I think. 60 is 70. I think, see, for me, it's... probably like 50 would be the cutoff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, last one. You're going to like this. So, uh, <laughs> if they cast one of the male adults as a woman, so like they cast like Emily Blunt as like Bill Hader's character, oh and they made it so that the boy uh, was transgendered. So he switched. He had you know gender surgery or whatever, gender reassignment, and uh, so the boy who played young Bill Hader suddenly became Emily Blunt, uh, you know, in the movie. Would that make you more, less, or neutral? Wow. <laughs> Greg, um, so I, I came into this with a, you know, expectation of re, of doing a preview for it chapter two, and all I see before me now, instead of the movie, is just a minefield. If I step to my left, I, I blow up. If I step to my right, explosion. Heck, I'm if, just I, say- if I back up, if I move forward. Look- there's only one female in this. That's not very diverse, you know. I mean, they if they want to try and gender balance this, but, I mean, that's okay, how they so can do it. I would say very much. Hear, hear me out. I'm actually going to give you an answer on this. One. Oh, okay, good. Please. please so please. I would be very much less interested in seeing the movie okay. because of the what would be the inevitable uh, <laughs> Twitter flame wars that sprouted up, not only about the character being changed but also on the flip side of that Not really well okay yeah go ahead yeah. on the flip side of that you would have people upset that they cast a uh they, that they cast emily blunt in a transgendered role <laughs> well okay yeah fair enough and so, so there's literally no winning that <laughs> nobody's gonna be happy and then the everything about the movie becomes about that discussion, <laughs> as opposed to the the mo- the quality of the movie itself. <laughs> right, right. In which case, <laughs> it makes me less interested in seeing the movie. Is, very, that, is that a that's my that's answer? A, that's a very that's a very persuasive argument. Uh, yeah, so I'd be less interested in the movie, but definitely interested in the hot takes that, uh, that come from this one. <laughs> Not a fan of the hot takes. I'll be Donald Trump would tweet about it. You oh, might dear. Stephen A. Smith would weigh in on first take about it. I mean, it would be, we would get hot yeah. takes galore. Oh, yeah. It might come up in the Democratic uh, in, the, in the debate. Maybe a yeah. platform in their plank for 2020. <laughs> it becomes part of the Brexit negotiations. <laughs> I mean, you remember you remember what we went through with Ghostbusters like three yes, years ago, right? Yes, yes I do. I mean, you, you think it's going to go any better in 2019? <laughs> well, that was when, the troll's when, fault. That was, I mean, that was the troll's fault. For I know, but but you're adding on top of that not just a gender switch of the characters. Right. But you're adding now transgendered. Well, well, it would have to be because they already wrote the initial characters as you know five boys and and one girl. So like they can't back it's away from just... it. Like they that's already canon. So they'd have to transgender. That's the way that you know uh, studios got involved and said we got we need another female in this. There's only one female. It's not enough. So that's that's what they came up with. Yeah. <laughs> I've already, I've already given you my answer. Okay, all right, no. I, I enjoyed that. I'm sorry. There I you go. Enjoyed that question. Okay. Uh, let's do Rotten Tomato review. Um, so oh, again, before we go ahead, I was gonna say. So as we mentioned before, some polarizing reviews. Seventy nine percent. Definitely people that do not like this movie, and including people who do love the movie. So what did you want to say, Ken? Uh, I was gonna give a uh, review that I read from uh, Matt Singer who works for Screen Crush okay. online and his review on Letterboxd was two and a half stars and the movie is two hours and 50 minutes long we should point out mm-hmm. uh, and his review or summary of his re- full review is a lot more succinct than the movie itself 
where he says it dot 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 is long. <laughs> we didn't we didn't talk about that enough in storyline. This is I mean two hours and fifty minutes is extremely long for a horror movie. For a I'm, horror movie, that's crazy long. It is cr- I mean two hours is long for a horror. Movie. Horror movies are known for being taught. You yes. know, like like it's ninety like, minutes, eighty, and, minutes, and sometimes minutes. below ninety minutes. Like, oh yeah, right. Crawl right. was like eighty four minutes. Right. Right, so this is... This and that really has, is... like, multiple alligators. <laughs> right. Barry Pepper lost an arm. <laughs> hey, spoiler hey, alert. spoiler. Spoiler Spoilers. alert. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be a really fascinating wrinkle and storyline if that were, if they're able to pull that off, like a two-hour and 50-minute um, horror movie. Because, again, it's just like, how many set pieces can you do without, you know, sort of... And maybe it's, maybe it's not about set pieces, you know. Again, maybe, maybe it's not. about you know about these. Uh, but the like, like, yeah, and like my friends uh, have said, like from what they've seen, they they kept a lot of the stuff that uh, was taken out of the miniseries, even. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That should be fun. That could be why. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's read a couple reviews. Positive review from Richard Roper. Uh, this is a solid, extremely well-crafted, great-looking, and occasionally quite chilling film with ter- terrific performances by the grown-ups as well as the returning kids. Uh, one from often quoted on this podcast, Katie Walsh from the Tribune News Service. It's all incredibly Jungian, dredging up their shadows in order to face them. But in the process, it becomes clear the horrors of the real world are so much more horrifying than any giant murderous statues, puking ghouls, or elderly elderly wraiths. Um, that's pretty much the same theme of the first one. So that review makes it look like, you know, we're in for the same kind of ride. Here's a, a negative one from Brian Lowry on CNN.com. Uh, it Chapter 2 is in many ways a victim of its own success. A sequel virtually assured a vast audience that proceeds to undermine its virtues by conspicuously overplaying them and overstaying its welcome. <laughs> a negative review from Mara Reinstein. Pennywise's evils have a numbing effect. He's capable of blood-curling mur- murder and yet lacks a truly scary bogeyman appeal. Uh, you've seen one shape-shifting scam. You've seen them all. Yeah, that's... <clears throat> that's one thing I should have noted from the first one. It... Movies tend to cheat way too much with shape-shifting powers, mm. you know, because it's just like, oh, anything can be, you know, it's like if if he can turn into anything, then you kind of, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Like, right. you know, you like to have some type of rules with it, but they, yep. they very have have, rarely have them. You have to have structure. Right. And that's my problem with like Mystique and the X-Men movies and like, and other ghouls that they just. It's, oh, it's like uh, if you, if you introduce time travel, it be, can become a slippery slope. Yes, right. Yeah, so it just it becomes kind of a lazy way to get a scare sometimes. So I'm curious what I'm hoping she uh this critic is not um you know, she's just um you know, just hard to scare or something. Um uh, but we'll see. Uh I think that's about it I wanted to mention here. So again, right now seventy nine percent. Again, as I, I was talking to you, Ken, earlier in the day, quite a divide in the top critics. Uh, yeah. When I counted last, it only out of sixteen top critics, it only had seven positive reviews, which is less than fifty percent, and like ninety three percent positive for the non top critics. So that's that's quite the divide. So we'll see. Yes. I think I, I think this Rotten Tomato score could still be in fluctuation. Yeah, so. I would expect it to probably drop into <clears throat> the you know mid seventies, maybe low seventies. Um, we were talking the first one had like three hundred and sixty ish reviews. Yeah, and you would probably expect the similar amount for this one, but right now it's still in like the seventy-five range, so we've still got like almost two hundred reviews to right. come in. I would expect mm-hmm. over the next mm-hmm. uh, four to five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's rare though that you see. I, I mean, I haven't looked at it very often, but it's rare you see such a disparity between uh, top critics' rating and then an all critics' rating. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's it's off by like thirty percent right now. Yeah, yeah. Seventy nine percent for all critics, and then it's forty seven percent now for for the top critics. Yep. But actually, the the average rating uh, out of a score of ten is six point eight 
versus six point one. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's not mm-hmm. that's not that far off. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get to let's make some box office predictions. Okay. So tracking so the tracking seems to be fairly in line. So we're looking looks like we're looking between a hundred and hundred and ten million. Uh, the traditional forecasts are saying between ninety and one ten. Boxoffice.com is coming out with 105, 105 million. Again, the first movie did 130 million. Um, let's make some picks. Uh, Ken, what say you? Uh, let me look real quick what the first one did in its opening weekend. I believe it was 130. 123. Oh, 123. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say lower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 97. 97, okay. I'm going to go... I think we're going to go a little higher than boxoffice.com. Mm. I think I think we're going to go 110. I may have made a tactical mistake because I do like... Oft, I do often point out that uh, they often underestimate horror movie That's true. weekends. Yeah, well... So I to may come fair, to regret that. To be fair to you, they the box office did revise its projection downward from the week before. They were, I think, they were in the one twenty range mm. or one fifteen. So they're seeing something that indicates maybe you know slight audience under expectation. So I, I, I'm bucking that a little bit. I think I think as I think this is, I think it chapter two is actually outpacing it chapter one for pre sales on Fandango, which is interesting. Mm. Um, if it's outpacing, I think it might be right behind it. Get to be honest. Again, I did a lot of research for this podcast. Um, I mean, I I, the top two. Yeah, I also <laughs> for the for the franchise. Uh, no, for horror movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's so right. in the in the it franchise. It's yeah, in the top right. two. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So way I'll, to go on a limb. I'll stay with one ten. <laughs> so you have yeah. ninety seven. I have one ten. All right, so as we uh, as we kick off the fall winter holiday uh, season of box office preview, we'll see who starts off one and zero for this season. Mm. All right, um, so that's a wrap uh, for this week. So just a couple scheduling uh, notes coming up. So next week, no box office, no box office preview next week, but we will have an episode. We are going to break down our fantasy box office draft. Um, yes. and, and Greg might actually break stuff. <laughs> uh, this was this is actually one of the more fascinating uh, auctions we had because uh, there really was, was there was a couple interesting decision points, uh, and one of which was actually around it chapter two, what we're discussing yeah. uh, today. So, <laughs> uh, and I think there is some classic um, if you if uh, <laughs> there's some classic don'ts of auction strategy that certain um, members of the league did uh, yeah. that you can learn from. And um, I'll, I'll, I will say uh, I, I was kicking myself early and then by the end I was dancing. Of course. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll get, there's a lot of, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. And we'll get into strategy. Um, if you have any questions about uh fancy box office um i did get one feedback uh, uh someone asked why we didn't spend more time actually detailing uh the movies that are coming out like who was starring in them and just what the plot was about i think some movies we did kind of brush over um which is fair comment um the only thing i'll say is if we did that the podcast would have been probably six, six hours, hours long right <laughs> and we do assume a three-parter yeah and we do assume some sort of working base level of knowledge of movies kind of heading into this podcast our researchers found that obviously our our audience is mostly avid movie fans so we kind of assume that heading into that podcast but yeah. uh, but if you want to know about the movie check out our box office preview podcast we did where just we did this week um where we'll get into who's starring at the plot elements who's directing uh etc so um so that's next so next week we'll do fancy box office uh auction analysis We'll be back uh, the week after with Ad Astra, uh, as well as we might spend a few minutes on uh, Rambo Last Blood. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we're back to... Oh, don't fair... forget Downton Abbey. Oh, oh well, and, uh, and Downton Abbey, <laughs> I know. And uh, and we're back at, we'll be back in a fairly regular schedule after that. We'll, we'll, I think probably late August we'll take a week off. and September. Uh, nope. 
Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I, late, I, I, I meant October, actually. Yeah. Oh. But <laughs> I meant late October. He may take a week off. Uh, oh, I get you. And then, you know, we may, there may be a week here and there, like early December, we'll, we may take off. But uh, otherwise, we'll be here most weeks, uh, breaking it down. Uh, check out all the entire podcast network for anything you want for movies and theater. We have, uh, I believe, a dozen or so uh, podcasts right now on all things theater and movies. Uh, Ken, what do you want to plug? What have you uh, we're going to be recording a new episode of The Ripple Effect. Oh, yes. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in August. As a tie-in, you know, with it chapter two coming out, we're going to be talking about uh, the Stephen King ripple effect that uh, started with Carrie back in 1976. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, check that and out. the adaptations of Stephen King throughout the years. Right, and you're going to write about it chapter two this weekend. Yes, I'm going to see it uh, Thursday night, early evening, and we'll hopefully. I probably won't be able to write about it thursday night to get it in for friday but i'll hopefully uh we promise to do a uh, a tweet review of it like a real quick tweet review on thursday night yeah yeah and speaking of that and uh so you can follow ken jones at ken jones 81 on twitter you can follow me at greggy 333 uh we talk uh, a lot of movies there as well as other subjects um did you give out the email address yet no i haven't i give out the email um yes so as i mentioned before if you have any questions on fantasy box office or it chapter two or upcoming if you want to submit see you don't see or bonus questions for ad astra or rambo less blood email us at or onstage or down happy at <laughs> onstagebop at gmail.com that's onstagebop uh, onstagebop at gmail.com uh, and just if you don't want your name included just uh, make a mention and we won't uh, include your name all right anything else to plug mr jones uh, i think that's it all right is that not enough yeah, I think that's more more than enough. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. If you're going to see it, chapter two, enjoy and get enjoy scared. It. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye.